Welcome back to Elevated Inspiration for Sunday School. We are starting a new quarter, you all. It is entitled Celebrating God. Our first lesson is Praise with Music. So if you notice movies that we have today, it seems like there's always a rescue and a sequel. So basically what I'm saying is that that scene there's always a villain. There's a person that maybe could be a female or it could be children or one child that needed rescue. And, and we have a hero that comes out and defeat the villain and rescue. Well, actually, today's lesson is about a song. And that regard teaches us important things that even though it took place 35 centuries ago, it is about a rescue. Now just remember, remember God called Moses to lead the enslaved Israel away from Egypt. They had been down there for actually 430 years. And they was down there because of Joseph. Remember his brother sold him into slavery and because of a famine, they all went there about 70 people. They had spent actually 430 years in Egypt. Now. Pharaoh expelled them after their 10 plagues and then after they leave he changed his mind so we have a, a, a pursuit of his army which is chariots and men are pursuing the walking children of Israel and they get to the Red Sea and then God parts the water of the Red Sea and they cross over safely and when Egyptians try to cross over in their chariots the Red Sea closes and they drown. So Exodus, the 15th chapter, is the first song in the history of this new nation of Israel, praising God for his victory and freeing them from Pharaoh. Because this is a pivotal point in history. Now the song, the song is actually called a song of Moses in Miriam or a song of Moses in Israel. So I want you to think about this picture here. This is worship with abandon. Abandon from all your cares. Everything focused on you and you're focusing everything on God. And it's based on maybe an event that has happened. Think about this as we go through this lesson. All right, we have Psalm part one, Exodus chapter 15, verses 11 through 19. And if you notice that first verse, it says, who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like unto thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praise, doing wonder? So I want you to notice here, this is a rhetorical question. And it points out God's uniqueness. Because in the first verse, notice it's all caps, O Lord. Lord, this is Yahweh specifying God, God of Israel among the gods comparing him to the gods of Egypt. Now notice they had several gods in Egypt and each of the plague represented something against one of the gods. Remember darkness fell on Egypt? That represented Ra, the god of sun. And then notice here, it used the word holiness. Who is like the glorious in holiness? Holiness is God. This is his character. You remember at the burning bush? When Moses see the burning bush, he walks there and God speaks and says, 
take off your shoes, Moses, because you are on holy ground. And then I want you to notice in verse 12, that stretches out thy right hand, the earth and swallow them. And again, this is in reference to God's great power. He also, in several scriptures, we'll see this in, in the Old Testament, verses, uh, Psalms 1, uh, correction, Psalms 17 and 7 says, Show thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou that savest by thy right hand against them. And even in Psalms 139 and 10, even there shall thy hand lead me, thy right hand shall hold me. So basically, God's right hand is showing power, how he took his right hand and he swallowed the children of Israel. A correction. He took his right hand and swallowed, swallowed the chariots in the Red Sea. The question I want you to ask yourself is, when a task needs doing, how do you know? when the Lord wants you to do it rather than waiting for him to do it himself or vice versa. Think about that question there. Now, as we go to the second part, we still at part one of this psalm, but verses 14 through 19, I want you to focus on that 14th verse. Notice it says the people shall hear and be afraid. Now, that is in reference to how he delivered them out of Egypt. And then he noticed verse 15 says, the dukes of Edom shall be amazed, the mighty men of Moab, trembling shall take hold upon them. Remember Edom? These are people that are relatives of Israel. Edom is the descendants from Esau. Moab is a descendant of Lot, Abraham's first cousin. He even tells them to avoid going through Edom. The scripture said they went around Edom. So he did not want them to confront these two groups of people. However, in the latter part of the verse, it says all of the inhabitants of Cana shall melt away because what they have heard, how he delivered them out of Egypt. You remember the first city, which is the city of Jericho, how they marched around that city each day. And they did it for seven days. And on the seventh day, they marched seven times. And when they blowed the horn, the walls came crumbling down. How the inhabitants of Canaan is going to melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them because of God is with them. And then verses 17 through 19, it goes back and refer back to, O oh Lord which thou hast made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands has established. I'm going to bring them out and I'm going to place them in their inheritance. And then going back to verse 19, the Lord shall reign forever and ever. For the horse of Pharaoh went in and his chariots, remember there was 400 chariots with his horsemen in the sea and the Lord brought again the waters upon them. Re remembering, rehashing what has just happened. That's the reason why I say this is a pivotal point in their history. So the question I want you to think, should Christians ever base their praise on what they anticipate God will do to an earthly enemy in the future? Why or why not? And then there's some passages that I want you to read to how it should influence your answer. Psalm 6 and 10 and Proverbs 25, 21 through 22.
So part two of the song is verses 20 through 21. It says, and Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took up a tambourine, timbre, uh, tambourine in her hand. And what did they do? The women's, they dance. Notice that word. They dance before the Lord. And then the next verse, Miriam answered them, sing you to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the routers have been thrown into the sea. Rehashing what has just happened, rejoicing because of what God has, how God delivered them. So the question I want you to think is, what are some occasions that would be appropriate to label as a time of dance? Hmm, think about that. And then dig a little bit deeper. Why did you or did you not include a church worship service as one of your responses? <laughs> Is there a time to dance in church? Oh, that's something to think about. So what did I learn from this lesson? Like the song that Moses and Miriam and the people sang, my song should come from specific situation of deliverance, of healing, and of crossing from death into life. And I think about that as spiritual death into a spiritual life. Because remember, in John the third chapter, Nicodemus came to Jesus and Jesus explained to him that you have to be born again. You die from your sins and you live a life free of sin. So I am reminded, for what reason am I singing today? And the thought to remember is God always wins. And like I always say, see you in Sunday school. I'd like to spend some time on reflections. The key verse in our lesson is, Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness? fearful in praise, doing wonders. I would like to reflect on that verse. Who is like the God that I serve? Who is like you? No one. And as I reflect and think about the things that God has done in my life, wow, what an awesome God I serve. Who is like you, Lord? In my prayer, Almighty God, as we face trials this week, we commit ourselves to remember that you, that in you we have victory. In Jesus' victorious name, we thank you.